The Understable Podcast is brought to you by Spartan Roofing, Anchor.fm, and Hazy Shade Disc Golf and more. Go to hazyshade.com to check out their selection of discs, hats, bags, carts, and other accessories you might need on the course. Are you or someone you know looking for reliable contact for exterior renovations? Look no further. Give Spartan Roofing and Renovations a call to schedule your free consultation. With every project Spartan Roofing completes, they make a donation to the Dayton Disc Golf Club to help support the fast-growing community. If you have a minute, give them a like on Facebook and Instagram. Spartan Roofing services the greater Dayton area and is licensed and insured in the state of Ohio. To schedule your appointment, call 937-532-0315 and ask for Charles. Episode 28 of the Understable Podcast. This week we have a former Dynamic Disc sponsor player, but currently with Infinite Discs, uh, Mr. Eric Oakley. Eric, I'm so glad to have you on the show. This is an opportunity that we have been looking forward to. Um, yeah, thanks, man. I'm, I'm super pumped to be here. Heard good things. And, you know, just to, uh, you're, you're asking me to talk disc golf for an hour and just talk about, I mean, also talk about cool stuff. So I'm just like, it, it hypes me up. So this is, this is easy. I could do this every, I could do this all day. I could do this for way more than an hour. So I'm, I'm just pumped to do it with you guys and uh, make something cool happen. Awesome, man. Well, hey, I want to shoot it over to Patrick because he does a lot of our like intro stuff. So Patrick, take it away, dude. Yeah, man. You did a great intro there. Uh, Eric Oakley, born in St. Louis, grew up in Salt Lake City, currently living in Pensacola, Florida, PDJ number 53565, current rating 1019, started a career sponsored by Dismania, actually worked for Dismania. Um, sponsored by Dynamic Disc from 2017 up to 2021. Like Mark said, he recently announced a new sponsorship in the name of Infinite Disc, husband to the Tina Oakley, who also runs Whale Sacks. Uh, Eric Oakley, is that good? I think so. I think I, I, uh, especially the Tina part, that's, that's the, that's the real cherry on top. Makes it all come together. Got to put it in there. So, hey, I want to the, – the it's good. Is that your version of every guy hitting a birdie saying, let's go? Is that your version of that? I I feel like I say let's go just as much as I say is that good. Um, to me, is that good came from uh, – I get stemmed from whenever, you know, I, I thought about the days whenever I was playing Pokemon on a Game Boy. Like, oh, yeah, I'm a Charizard or whatever. Like, and my parents had no idea, just not even a clue of the words that I'm saying. So they just be like, I don't know, is that good? Like, so like, to us, it's amazing. You know, we know that. So then fast forward that to Happy Gilmore when he, first time he hits a golf ball, he's like, the house is like 400 yards away. And he says, is that good? Because he has no idea. So then you stem that to where I just started commenting that on when people with A's, I started doing that and just kept it, kept it going. And it became this like, you know, motto, this saying, it's like, you know, when you do something good, it's just so easy to say, is that good? And uh, I'm happy that it's become what it is and synonymous. And, uh, and I like, when I see people using it, it, it hypes me up. So it doesn't only have to be towards me. It can be towards all positive things in disc golf. So I'd, I'd love to see that continue to spread. Thank you, man. I got to go back to the Pokemon thing. Uh, which Pokemon did you choose? Uh, first time through was, uh, I went with Charmander and then my first, 
hollow that I pulled from a pack was Blastoise. And then at that point, I was heavy into mainly water type Pokemon. And I'm still very heavy water type Pokemon. To this oh, day. yeah. I was a squirrel guy. I'm a Pisces. Yeah. So I feel like that's kind of related. It fits. It fits. <laughs> but let's let's go back. Um, this this episode is about you. And that's really where we want to keep this at. Um, cool. uh, being born in St. Louis and then growing up in Salt Lake City, is that where your disc golf baptism happened? Was in Salt Lake City or was it St. Uh, I spent actually uh, uh, most of my life in Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, Salt Lake City is kind of where I became who I am today. So I liked I liked it that it's like I grew up there because I actually did. I made a lot of strides, but uh, you know went to went to school in Texas and um, played a lot of disc golf. That's where I found it. And honestly, I think it was a big part of my growth. So uh, I think this transition from windy bomber you know learning to throw high spike hyzers and and grenades and scoobies and different trick shots in texas on a lot of those courses like veterans park uh maybe you've seen the coverage where the grenade veterans park open where they see a bunch of players throwing grenades over the trees that was a course that i played and frequented all the time it was a home course essentially for a while so i learned that shot and um so then i took those skills of you know being able to handle the wind and then i moved when i moved to salt lake city uh that i think improves my game because of throwing at elevation is just such a gnarly thing and uh if you go there like to get a disc to fly far is takes so much effort and uh and proper angles and stuff like that so i i think if you look at a lot of the players that have come out of the colorado area uh, you know, Eagle McMahon, Joel Freeman, Aaron Gossage, and I know I'm missing plenty. Tristan Tanner comes to mind. Like, there's these great players that just absolutely pound the disc, and um, and I think I think that you can attribute that to, to to the elevation. So for me, it was I don't necessarily have necessarily an like outrageously big arm. I throw far enough, and I feel like I throw I throw enough for to to be able to compete. So it's I love that. I've been able to take these different blends of where I've been. And uh, when I was with Dismania, like you alluded to earlier, I spent a full off season in Rancho Cucamonga, California, um, you know, working right next to Innova and doing stuff with Dismania. And I was able to play every single day. It's beautiful there. And I had a perfect little spot. You've maybe seen Cotopanis uh, show up there at Ralph Lewis Park. It's one of my favorite little places to play. And I, I think that that was a big testament of my growth in disc golf and just how I got to be able to compete on tour. So it was, it's been all very cool. I want to bring you back to Salt Lake city because back in 2008, I went out there for my internship um, okay. for rec therapy and that's working with people with disabilities, helping them achieve the most that they can in their leisure time. And I worked at camp Kostopoulos dream foundation. Okay. Are you familiar with that place? I am not. I was only there for a year, so I did not really get to experience it too much. But like I said, I grew immensely in that year. Like I became the person I am today because of many things that happened in my life. But continue. Awesome. Yeah. I was going to ask you about Creekside. That's really the only thing I went to. 
Creekside's um, dope. Yeah, it was the first uh, league I ever played in, and I'm showing up, and I'm wet behind the ears playing the game, and these guys are practicing before the round and draining these 30-footers, 25-footers like it's nothing. And I was really new back then. Um, but that was just a great place for me. I was only out there for a summer, but I did put together a three-hole temporary course for wheelchair accessible. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Um, John Lessick is the owner of, or he used to be the owner of the EDGE program. Mm-hmm. And he was actually a camp counselor at Camp K back in the day. And I got a hold of him and he donated about like $5,000 worth of equipment for me for my project. That's fantastic. That was awesome. But I wanted to ask you about Creekside. Was there a yeah. guy named Dan the Van Man? There, I, that, yeah, sounds familiar. Um, your disc and sell it back to you. Probably, probably yeah. that seems accurate. I've, I mean, the it's kind of it's kind of insane because I feel like from the time you were there from, to the time I was there to the time uh, uh, to the time now is the the Salt Lake City scene from what I've just seen by still staying in the uh, Facebook pages and different things like that exploded. I think it exploded before COVID it exploded like, you know, way back. And there was, I, 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 you know, I remember there being 30 people at league and then seeing that, you know, they're getting 40, 50, 60 people at league and, you know, tournaments are selling out and all these things. And, you know, I never had to worry about getting into a tournament when I was there. It was like, if I wanted to play, it's like, you could sign a day of, if you, if, if they were allowed, they'd allow that. So it's, it's so cool to see, those types of places develop like i don't know if solitude uh was an option for you back then i don't think it was or was it to play it disc golf was, out there? It, yeah it was but i didn't have a vehicle out there okay um, a nice. great story about disc golf out there for me i ran into two locals and one guy let me borrow his scooter for the entire summer <laughs> so like, it was cool. amazing without him loaning me that scooter i wasn't going to get to the course and i didn't yeah. going to be able to take it to solitude because that's the one that's up in the mountain right yes it is I'd say it's probably one of if I I'd put it as one of the best destination courses uh, in the world. If you can get up there, it's um, you have to you have to kind of you have to plan it because if you're if the uh, I guess what is is the the gondola not the gondola the the chairs the chair yeah, lifts aren't running. Yeah. you have to kind of plan to take two vehicles up because you got to park one at the bottom and then drive one up and then kind of walk almost like a half a mile to a mile in. Um, to the course and it's a decent hike so it's a course that one will physically test you just like it's a hike and then two is incredibly demanding on shot shapes and uh cool things and it's like some of the holes are pretty easy uh but at the same time there are so many of the holes that are just awe-inspiring type of views and then you're throwing these shots where your disc is in the air for 10-15 seconds because it's just playing down the mountain like uh going back to if you can watch you can see some of the uh the shots that eagle mcmahon threw he's throwing md3s and just piping them down laser beams just down the hill like it you know like he's like got a remote control or something so it's a it's it's a place that I, i hold special and i you know, I always try and go back, but it doesn't always work out because if we go to Utah, we're not always like, it's like usually a tournament or something like that. So you can't just be like, yeah, I'm going to go beat the crap out of my body, hiking this mountain real quick, playing disc golf and beating up your disc and maybe losing some. So it's like, you got to be smart. So I, I definitely hope that I can go back soon and uh, get that experience again. Awesome. Well, tell us, listen, we've got so many questions for you, man. We can stay on. So we can just yeah. talk about everything, but tell us about Pensacola. What brought you there? 
So uh, after one season, I think it was one of the years we finished up in Jacksonville, uh, Madison Walker lived here and we had a, you know, we were just kind of on our way, you know, figuring out where we were going. And, you know, I think it was uh, Nate Perkins, Paige Pierce, Madison Walker, Tina, myself, Dustin Keegan, maybe one or two other people, but I remember being that crew and we all went to the beach and Pensacola has crystal white sand. It looks like snow. It's just so beautiful. And then the uh, water at times is as clear as can be. So, and on certain days, they'll have these sandbars. So you can be, you know, from the shore, you can be a hundred feet out, walked out into the water and it's only up to your waist. Wow. So fascinating. So uh, yeah, it, it was that. And then, uh, Nate Perkins was fishing in a school of manta rays, swam up next to him. There was, it, it's, it's just one of those places. And also I can play disc golf every single day. Like that's the other part. It's just, I don't have to worry about winter. Like it's, you know, today was cold. I wore a sweatshirt and shorts and I'm fine. Right. But in the summertime, you guys are kind of hiding down there. I lived in Ocala, Florida for two years of my life too. I'm like you, I kind of moved around the country. Nice. Um, you ever been to Ocala playing disc golf there? I haven't. I haven't. You know, I don't have to be here in the summer because I'm on tour. So I'm in the other hot spots, you know, where, when we're out sweating somewhere in Des Moines or Peoria or wherever we're at. Smart, smart. Well, I want to get to the elephant that's in the room. And I know Mark's been itching to get to it. And it's the big move that you made this year. You know, you made a move to where you were throwing a single brand and now you're playing for infinite disc, which allows you to have an open bag. So let me turn this over to my, uh, my buddy, Mark. Yeah, man. I mean, that, that was... When you first made the announcement about that, I was like, man, this is huge. You know, because in my eyes, Eric Oakley is the face of Dynamic Discs. You know, when you, when you think of MPO players, it's Eric Oakley. And as soon as I heard about that, I'm like, Patrick, we got to get this guy. Like, we got to try and get an interview set up because this is huge. It's big news. Um, one of the biggest questions I have about it is what was it that led you to make a change like that? I and mean, that's a big change. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, you know, to, to answer it pretty honestly is, uh, dynamic and myself, we, we grew in different directions, like where I wanted to go and what I wanted started to not align with the things that they were, where they were going and they aligned. Um, so that's as simple as, as it's been, been stated, it was, it's just a business decision at that point to where, why create more or why potentially create turmoil because we're both growing in these different directions, but we're trying to be like, why aren't you listening to me? All this stuff like that was just bound to happen. And, you know, not to be honest with you, it, it happened in the final season. Uh, my, my final season with dynamic, there were, there were shakeups, there were hiccups and it, you know, there was sour taste in my mouth and I assume there was the same feelings on their end. And that's, completely justified and fair. So, you know, in the end, it was the best decision for both of us. And we're both happy. I mean, I think they're happy. They just signed two great players and they've invested a lot into that. And they've invested a lot into their warehouse. They've invested a lot into a lot of different places. And, you know, again, that's, that's what they wanted. And, for me, you know, moving to infinite and allowing to have um, so many different opportunities. Uh, like, I, I, I wish I could just 
lay out everything that is on on the way but i kind of want to allow the hype and anticipation to keep building for the fans and everything so let's just say there is a really good possibility you'll see a lot of you know eric oakley you know fundraisers and different types of discs through many different companies not just infinite branded discs through many different manufacturers and just uh and it's all stuff that i'm throwing and i'm excited to throw so i think that's why this made sense and you know i went to a company that um in infinite that was just so excited about disc golf as i was and uh excited about the opportunities that we could we could we could build i had i i owe a lot to to dynamic and building me up and you know allowing me to kind of go out and grind for it and giving me the opportunities i owe i even owe stuff to dismania for you know even creating a platform for me to stand on so all the things in, that were there are, are leading me to this point. And, uh, you know, I, I believe with this new opportunities with infinite, the, the amount that I'm going to be able to promote and talk about discs and, you know, not just have uh, the felon, like I'm going to have, I'm going to have the alpaca. I'm going to have the pathfinder with thought space. I'm going to have, and so on and so forth. And you're just going to hear, and like, you guys are going to get annoyed with it because you're going to hear me always talking about it but i mean that in the best way because that's exactly what uh, i mean you guys are disc golf players you guys are disc golfers we nerd out we geek out on discs when you find something that you jive with all you want to do is tell people about it so i'm in that same boat but now i can legitimately tell you about any mold any manufacturer anything and i think that it leads to the another cool point of you know i made a post today about a polecat and a berg and people, I got so many messages about like, oh yeah, I throw, I throw the Berg. Oh man, I'm all polecat, like all this stuff. And it's just cool because I like, I could, if, if it push comes to shove, I could bag both, even though they did serve two different purposes, but I could legitimately throw both of those discs and, um, find use for it and, and, uh, hype that up. And now these two sectors of the crazy world of disc golf are super hyped that I, you know, they might get to see me at a tournament throwing a Burke or a, at a tournament throwing a polecat, which is, uh, it's just cool. And I, I, I feel very fortunate and, uh, incredibly thankful for the opportunities that infinite has put, put before me. Congrats on that ace, by the way, with the polecat, my man. <laughs> that was, that was pretty sweet, huh? Yeah. We got a local guy named Kyle Taylor. He loves polecats. And I know he's going to be happy to see that. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. I'm, I'm still wondering when halo polecats are going to happen. So, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> It's interesting you bring up the Berg because we did a, a giveaway at the end of last year, and one of the discs that Patrick donated to that giveaway was a Castaplast Berg. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we got a lot of uh, responses on that giveaway over, overall. It's it's the most unique disc in disc golf. I I will say that like the tilt, the tilt is the most insane disc in disc golf, and you know other discs like the Stego, like they have their own, they're just insane. But the the Berg has the most unique flight I think I've ever seen in a disc because I can throw it as hard as I possibly want and it just doesn't go anywhere. So it's nuts. It's nuts to even think about. Like, I I don't know. Like there are holes where it's like, can I reach it with a Berg power grip? Probably not, but I'm going to try. And it's just been super fun. But now what I'm starting to realize is I can throw shots when there's danger behind the basket if I understand and I get the right practice and everything in the Berg 
in certain situations is better than any other disc on the approach because it will not go too far. It, it just won't. It just can't. And it's because it's and it's so straight, it's so reliable, and it's just, I don't know, it's it's fun. It's unique. And I to lead to another point of all of this is that I can legitimately, my bag can be um, fluid in that things can come in and out just depending on the course or the tournament. And I, I, I love that. Like I could have maybe have done that with, with dynamic with uh, the amount of molds for the trilogy lineup, but I can have legitimately the best disc for each hole from any, from, from the manufacturer. And I can, I can have that. And so I, again, I feel super lucky to, to have that opportunity in front of me. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so going back to like a little bit of last season, do you feel like that Rocky relationship with, with Dynamic affected your ability to play to your best ability? Uh, yeah. I, I, I don't think – and I don't blame them for that. I blame myself because as a professional athlete, I should be able to separate my play and uh, – uh, I should be able to separate my play and my um, – my relation, my working stuff. Like once I step on the course, I'm an athlete. I'm there. I have the tools in my bag. I'm ready to go. So that again, that part was on me. And, um, but it did. I just was mentally, I would just say I was mentally tired and I just didn't have the energy for it. So, which is okay. If we think about it in the end of the day, it's like, I, wasn't throwing the no i was throwing the disc well but i didn't have the energy to battle if that makes sense yeah like the moment i had a bad kick or i had a putt that just felt good and didn't stick like wind sails dead kind of stuff so that was that that i think became a part of why it was why it was difficult uh sorry kyle klein's walking around behind (laughs) being a kid Kyle and Cynthia have been staying with us for the past like week and a half or so, so it's been it's been fun. Uh, yeah, cool. it was on me. I, I could have been better. There was plenty uh, throughout last season that I think, yeah, I don't put any, I do, I put zero blame on on DD. I put all of it on myself because again, I, yeah, and it went in the in the in the sport of disc golf, it's you you versus the course. It's all it's ever going to be, and uh, I should have handled it better, but there were times where I handled it well. And I, I, it, it allowed me to get, I mean, I got pushed down pretty deep, but I came out on the other side and I found something really, really cool where, um, towards the end of last, uh, the season, I loved playing disc golf. Even when I was throwing the disc terribly, I loved it. And that was cool. And I still have that. And now it's even amplified by just the simple fact that, I get to throw new discs. Like, you know how it is. It's like, I get to try something. I'm like, I don't know how this flies hit it. And just, and I could, I get to do that constantly. I can go grab a disc from a shop while I'm on the road. And I can say, this feels good. Go throw it. And it might make my bag. I could just keep doing that. So really cool. Yeah. Cause I followed a lot of your, like, your media, your social media posts last year, your Facebook posts about how you just felt defeated on the course. But then towards the end of the year, it's like, you could tell in your posts that you were enjoying the game a lot more again. Yeah, and that totally. makes a big difference in how you play. It, it does. I mean, I felt like I had a pretty solid finish to like 
taking down Foxwood, playing solid at uh, Music City and, you know, cashing at USDGC, which is all, all a positive. Um, yeah. And that was, it was unique. It's, it's been a weird situation and, you know, mental issues are a real thing in our sport and in, in every walk of life. And, you know, I was, I, I felt fortunate to have, you know, a good support system to, of people to talk to. And, um, if I guess it, when it comes down to it is, you know, I, I'll use this as an opportunity just to plug the discord that I have, um, search it. It's, uh, I think it's called, it's called the pod and you can find it if you come to my Twitch stream or any of our morning coffees, we will link the discord. But what I'm getting at is that if you're ever listening, if you're listening to this, you guys as well, if you're ever, you know, in need, there are people who will talk to you and there are people who will help and just be there to listen or be there to tell you about their day and just kind of help make amazing things happen for you and just help you work through whatever you're going through. Even again, if it's just to listen or if it's just to, I don't know, just allow just to have a conversation because sometimes that's all it takes to pull you kind of out of those funks you're in. And I would, I, I strongly encourage build that kind of support system because had I not had that support system, uh, it could have been very, very different. So I, again, I feel very fortunate and lucky to, to have that kind of lifestyle and people around me that are, are ready to support me. And what, I mean, not willing to judge me in my worst of times, you know, they're just like, Oh wow. He's a human being. And I, I again, again, for feeling fortunate is, is I think the, is the, the common thing here. And I, uh, I'm not going to take it for granted. I, you know, I'm very, very lucky. For sure. So moving forward to about a week ago or so, I think it was, I uh, saw a video on your YouTube channel of going through the infinite disc warehouse. Yeah. So I can only imagine, cause I did watch a large majority of that video and get all the way through it, but I can, I can see like the expression, like you're a kid in a candy store. Totally. So, Tell us that experience, man. How how was it being able to touch all these different discs and be able to feel, you know, different plastics and pick what you like? Dude, we have a document right now that is just like jotted down ideas. And it's like 60, 70 ideas deep. And we've just kind of kept things running of video ideas, disc stamp ideas, uh, event ideas to whatever like we just keep coming up with these ideas for for each other and um when i was there just being able to talk with alan todd and dylan uh and you know the other people who are working there between kessler you know alex keith like come to mind they're just we have all these people that i feel we're all like what can we do to make disc golf better and i think that that's the common ground of what infinite is is about because infinite is you know you know they are a manufacturer. They have, you know, they get their discs made uh, and they are at out there and it does, it is good for them to sell infinite discs. Like it just is, but they are, you know, they were first a retailer and they are a retailer. So the best parts for them is, Hey, if disc golf gets bigger, we do better. And it doesn't matter what we sell we're moving product and more people are excited about the infinite brand and going to infinitedisc.com and just being able to, to pick up anything and see the exact disc they're getting. So that leads to this uh, amazing opportunity that 
they don't need to just sell their discs because they're going to sell everybody's stuff. And legitimately, when I say everybody's stuff, I've picked up discs that I never felt or even knew were companies. And I feel bad, but I was, you know, I was, I was in, a, I had tunnel vision. I was a horse with blinders to the trilogy market for the longest time. And, and that's not a bad thing. It's just, there are really, really good discs from every single manufacturer. And I mean that when I say that, I mean, to the weird, to Yakun, to RPM, to, to launch, to, you know, uh, to whomever, like there are really, really good discs out there and people need to, you know, open their minds and try it just because there isn't a top pro throwing this disc. It could be the perfect disc for you. And I think that that's, uh, you know, I think uh, you see it on the wall behind me, throw what you love. Like that's, that is the most important part. Awesome. Well, I'm going to go ahead and toss the putter back over to Patrick. So I know he's got some questions on this uh, topic. Sweet. Awesome. Yeah. So infinite discs, I'm not the biggest disc nerd. I'm the guy that goes out there. I've been playing for like 17 years. So I'm fairly Innova. I usually tell people, how does it relate to an Innova disc? Yeah. Um, did a little research on infinite just to find out, prep myself for this interview. They've been around since 2012. Um, as a retailer, mm-hmm. the world, one of the largest retailers in the United States. And then in 2018, they decided to make their own disc. And correct me if I'm wrong, Innova makes those for them? Innova does make those. And still does today? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, a couple popular molds that they make are the Emperor, the Alpaca, and the Slab. Mm-hmm. I haven't got a chance to watch all of your Building the Bag. I know you've been releasing that. Out mm-hmm. of the Infinite molds, which ones can you tell us are for sure going to make your bag for 2022? And you said it was a flexible bag, so I know things are going to be coming in and out, and that was something I wanted to get to. I think it's mm-hmm. very unique, and you have an advantage there. So tell us totally. about the molds through Infinite that we can expect to see you throw this season. Uh, so um, the Emperor is the, is the top of the top of the order. Uh, it's it's my destroyer. It's my go to distance driver. I'm loving it for forehands, loving it for backhands. Um, I do. I am complementing it with some overstable destroyers to to cover the heavy wind shots. The the no nonsense like rip it flat, stable out, flip it, push it over, fights out type of thing. Where the emperor is all about distance, and um, I'm loving that. So uh, it's it is it is it instantly added. 40 50 feet to my distance driver game it's uh incredible uh, of a mold um going down the order will keep going down in speed uh the next up would be the scepter which is a felon firebird raptor like this captain raptor like disc um where it's just a awesome one and i i have it in two different plastics i have uh color glow metal flake super flat crazy overstable like a you know like a flat top firebird is and is what it reminds me of, but it's a little softer. So it's actually kind of nice that I can, I don't get these crazy flares sometimes and I can play for it. Uh, uh, and I have a S swirly S blend. That's an, a little bit straighter. That reminds me of like a slightly seasoned prototype felon that I was throwing, um, you know, uh, uh, that I was jamming on. So it's like, it's really easy to get a disc that feels similar and immediately replaces a disc that you had beat in. And uh, it's just been fantastic uh, in that regard. Um, uh, I have another disc in the nine speed slot that I maybe can't talk about, but I have it right here. I won't say the name, but this is a new mold from, uh, from, in, uh, from infinite and, this is in a nine speed. This is going to be, it's amazing. You're going to be able to control it. 
Yeah, I'll let you see it. Our listeners don't understand. We get to see you. So that, okay. Nice. It's really nice, comfortable. It's not domey. It's just kind of, it, it feels great. And this is a disc that is a, pretty much a carbon copy of a disc that I was in love with for a long time ago. So I am so pumped about this. And uh, that, that's alluding to something. Of those who have followed, this is a great mold, and I can't wait to, to share it with the world um, as a great option because it's not only going to be for a pro player, but it's going to be great for the AMs and to beginners type of thing. So it's a it's a wonderful, you know, do it all type of disc. And I, yeah, again, I'm super excited about this. It's it's going to be awesome. Down the line, Exodus would be next in line. Yeah, Exodus is. You know, people who like the feel of the eagle but want the flight of a T-bird, the Exodus is the perfect option. Feels like an feels like an eagle, flies like a T-bird. Absolutely insane. It's my go-to straight disc um, right now. Uh, Centurion, one step down from that, is a little less stable. Uh, kind of flies. Reminds me of uh, 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 the S-line FDs that I used to throw. A disc that I could rip hard on hyzer and know that it peels up to flat and then slowly drifts its way over. So it just has this like effortless flight. I basically take it and throw it almost like I throw my Exodus, but I know that my Exodus will go from hyzer to straight where the Centurion would go from hyzer to here and then peel over. So I can get that natural drift and longer turnover line, but it feels similarly in my hand. I'd say the Centurion, again, flies like an FD, but probably feels more like a leopard, if you will, but it's, it's dope. Um, mids i didn't end up bagging any infinite mids um just because i got i fell in love with the thought space athletics pathfinder and then the alpaca the alpaca is actually the type of putter that i was looking for with my time at uh at trill with dd uh you know i was a p2 thrower before and the alpaca is the is the closest thing to a p2 that has ever been made outside of a p2 so it is fantastic feels good in the hand i'm throwing it in the d blend plastic i'm putting it in the p blend plastic and it's just giving me more and more confidence uh the more i use it and it's again i think the why i like the alpaca so much is that it ages like a fine wine after you keep throwing them they they start to do really unique things that are hard to to uh, to replicate. And then also as putters, they just kind of gain a little bit more integrity and glide. And then you start to realize and understand the lines and then you can just trust it. And then putts just start going in from everywhere. So it's infinite is, um, you know, their, the relationship with Innova is still very strong and they're just allowing it to work and be this really cool thing. And, you know, I want to be thankful to, to infinite and Innova for allowing this disc to happen, to even be a thing because it was not easy. So I am incredibly thankful to all parties involved, which is again, I mean, I guess that's what I need to say. I'm just fortunate. I'm thankful. Like, is that what this podcast is going to be about? <laughs> so I feel like I've said those words like a hundred times so far, but yeah, it's, just, we're, it's awesome. Well, we're, we're trying to come up with a title for the, this one. I want to say Eric Oakley to infinite and beyond. Yes, please. Yeah. Like that, yeah. I, I, any, anything to do with Toy Story, I'm in. Buzz Lightyear's okay. All right, say less. Well, I'm going to steal this question from Mark because I'm going to turn it over to him after this um, to get into some off-season questions. So you partying away with dynamic discs. I mean, with Infinite, you should still be allowed to be throwing some dynamic discs, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You plan on throwing any of them? 
the justice is the the only one that has been able to keep a slot, uh, and I'm actually working with uh, Terminal Velocity Ursus uh, as a similar disc that could be taking the slot. But um, in the trilogy lineup as well, I'm still continuing to throw a Latitude 64 Claymore. It is that that disc won't leave my bag. That's just that that one has its own unique spot. I've learned it for the shots that I need it for, and the Claymore is a perma bag slot. The Justice is different because um, I wasn't a harp thrower, but I'm going to be a zone thrower, and so I think I'm blending into this place where uh, where the Ursus kind of does a little something different than the justice or the justice and zone kind of do the same things so it kind of leads me to that spot but for now and going into the season i'm going to have a justice in the bag and then if i keep reaching for other discs it could maybe come out but uh you know it's it's a justice it's a it's a fantastic you know approach disc and overstable mid-range where i you know if you're an innovative guy i think uh uh, you're doing yourself a disservice because I don't think that I've seen outside of maybe some of the Joel, uh, the, the gators that Joel Freeman throws that I haven't seen a, a gator that acts like a justice uh, in many, in many situations where it's just reliably overstable, no matter run, which run you get, it's just perfect for it. Um, but again, you know, I've been throwing, I've been, I've had the trilogy blinders on, so maybe there are some really good gators out there. I just haven't really seen them. Awesome. So, it's off season. We're between, you know, we're between two seasons. The big things coming next year with the merger and all that. But what's your off season looking like so far? Like, how has your development been? How have you been prepping for next season? Honestly, I have been doing so much media content that I have been neglecting my normal practice. But in the media content, I am going out and throwing. So it's not like I'm not throwing, but I haven't had like rigid, structured practice, field work time like I would, uh, like I normally would want. And uh, do I think it's bad? No, I'm out, I'm out ripping discs and I, I'm just having fun. So I think this more loose mindset could, could lead to some really positive things because if I'm, if I know that every time I step on up to up to my lie or I'm on the tee, no matter what it is. And I'm, I'm excited because of that. I think that's great. I think that there's definitely, definitely things, but you know, we're, you know, less than a month out from, from Vegas. And uh, I already have the, the plans to hit the field, keep, and keep making sure that I'm dialing and getting that bag fully set for at least for Vegas and a couple extra tournaments, because I know I'll have some time in between, you know, um, whenever we travel to Texas and, you know, it's, I think the hardest ones are going to be, uh, the wooded holes of, uh, Waco and, uh, Texas States being very tough because I won't have discs super seasoned in, you know, I don't know. I, I haven't had the, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds maybe even thousands of throws with a disc so i know exactly what it's going to do when it's going to break what line i'm still learning those things so there might be some some moments but if i go in having fun and have confidence i think i'll be just fine i think my my play will be able to fight me through to to put up some respectable finishes uh out the gate i and i think the best part is going to vegas is just can build so much confidence because i mean i could spray and pray a shot and it could actually be bad but it's you know it doesn't matter because it's an open golf course and i can get away with some some stuff which will which can 
build confidence. And I think that that's uh, what I'm excited for. So lots of golf, lots of media stuff. Um, and I just have been spending so much time with Tina. I've been running every day. I'm at, you know, 277 days in a row of running, which has been so super cool. And, um, you know, I've been incorporating, uh, uh, disc golf strong exercises. I haven't been able to put to do as many workouts as I'd like, just because it's been media. It's been spending time with Tina. It's been, it's been golf. It's been running. It's been doing all these things. So I've felt like I'm in a tornado, but I'm like totally content. Like I'm the, like the, the old lady in the chair sitting and just be like, Oh, this is fine. Or the, the dog in the room of fire, just like, this is fine. You know, I, it's just, it, I'm just kind of going with it and yeah, make it just enjoying disc golf. I guess that's all it is. Yeah. That's great. Um, is there any like shot or anything you're trying to focus on when you're doing your field work, anything you're trying to learn new and obviously you got all these new discs, but is there anything specific you're trying to learn that will help improve your game? Absolutely. Uh, I felt as if there was a portion of last season and I think it was partially because I had a little elbow stuff happen the season before so i took six weeks full six weeks off no throwing not even putting uh last off season and um what i felt like was the culprit of of it was distance drivers and so i leaned heavily on my fairway drivers what happened then is that when i come into the season I don't feel like I have any control over a distance driver, but put a fairway driver in my hand and I feel like an absolute genius. So it's been building back to being confident throwing distance drivers again. It's been the biggest thing that I've been working on getting the right movement, getting the right speed out of my hand, getting the right angles and just trusting them. And, you know, talking about the emperor, I think that was one that it became this effortless disc to throw that, Oh, I just gained 50 feet by putting this disc in my hand over anything I was throwing before. Awesome. Let's do it. Like that's, that's a fantastic place to be. And I think the emperor fits my arm speed really, really well to where, you know, for, you know, if you take a Calvin or a Garrett or somebody who can throw emperors, it might be like a, a disc they have to hit with a lot of hyzer because they have so much power where I'm hitting it with like baby hyzer, maybe even flat and getting that kind of similar flight to what they're getting just because our arm speeds are so different. So it's like, I will probably throw an emperor more than they will. Well, they'll lean on their destroyers and race a little bit more, but I'll be able to hit an emperor for a lot of different shots and um, put, put that thing to work. So that was, that's been the main shot that I've been working on because I, felt as if towards the end of the season, I just felt like a fairway driver genius. So it was uh, important for me to get that confidence back because you can get away with throwing fairway drivers, but man, on tour, you got to be able to hit your distance driver lines. Like it is a integral part of the game. Distance is becoming more and more important as, as the pro tour is uh, expanding. And um, so having trust in that and being able to rely on it is going to be huge. Let's step away from disc golf for a little bit. All right. All right. So a lot of people don't know this about you, but you're a huge gamer nerd, right? Huge. Huge. Tell us what games you're spending the most time on. Uh, I currently play uh, World of Warcraft, uh, the classic version. We're in the Burning Crusade and uh, uh, the new, I mean, Black Temple and Hyjal, also a new phase of content just came out, so it's super hyped. It's been really, really fun. Um, 
I spend a lot of time on that. It's a perfect little escape. Uh, I'm kind of a raid logger. So I just, I just pop on, get my consumables and then log off and then show up to raid and pump. Uh, other, the other games that I've been playing are, I play a lot of rocket league. Part of what our discord has is a, is a good rocket league community. It's very, very fun. There's some really good pro disc, uh, pro disc golfers out there that play. I Andrew Presnell, Zach Johnson, Raven Newsom. I've heard of uh, Casey White also being pretty solid. Chandler Fry is an absolute baller at Rocket League. So it's been it's been fun uh, being able to kind of jump on that. That's a perfect game to just be like, oh, round's over. Cool. Just eat some food, chill, Rocket League for a little bit. Easy. Like, and you just play three or four games and then watch some TV or chill or take a bath, do whatever you got to do just to kind of uh, – it's, it's important to take your mind off of disc golf because I think for so many years I all I thought about was disc golf. Uh, and Tina and I have recently actually started playing Pokemon Go again, like very recently. So that's been super fun. It's actually a great game to play, um, you know, for casual rounds. I won't do it for, uh, I won't do it while I'm playing practice or tournament rounds just because it's a distract. My, my brain power needs to be on, Hey, play disc golf. Not like, Hey, what Pokemon is nearby, you know? <laughs> so, so that's been, it's been fun because Tina and I have been able to bond over that a little bit. Cause we, we actually have two Pokestops in our neighborhood. So, and a gym. So we just like, like, Hey, do you want to go on a walk real quick? And we just do it. It's, it's been, it's been fun. So I nerd out on that, that kind of stuff. And, uh, I'll play video games whenever they, if they, if they come my way. Uh, but those are the main three. And honestly, like I, I don't see myself playing much else other than those because, uh, wow is, wow is the game. It has, it has encompassed way too much of my life, but I love it. And I found I'm working to be in like trying to be adult about it. And I, I owe a lot of that to Tina because it's very easy to, to lose yourself in games. So, um, but we've been communicating and making, making it a positive if, uh, as, uh, as much as we can. So it's been great. That's awesome. That's great that you have a significant other that lets you play the video games and have time for that. Yeah, she plays Rocket League with us too, so that that also helps whenever we're getting down and we like we'll jump in. She, you know, she'll admit she doesn't feel like she's very good, but she will still log in. And I think some of my favorite, you know, Tina moments are her playing video games and being so hyped about it because she gets super giggly. She she has a really big big laugh that I think. She, got from her dad whenever she does something that she just finds so funny and rocket league is the perfect game because like when you get to see the instant replays of everybody doing just being full potatoes and just not hitting the ball she eats that stuff up and hearing her laugh is uh, you know still one of my favorite things well outside of video games what other kind of hobbies and things do you find yourself doing and uh yeah, not as much anymore, but I was, you know, an avid soccer player, uh, almost went pro, uh, both indoor and outdoor when I was living in Dallas, um, Texas. And I would, wouldn't mind, you know, going out and juggling the soccer ball a little bit, but, you know, I think so much time is spent on disc golf. There's not a whole lot of other hobbies. Tina and I go see a lot of movies when we're, when we're together. So I'd call that a hobby. Um, She's not going to be traveling as much, but you know, I'll I'll go see a movie by myself. I don't I don't it doesn't bother me none. Uh, and I I get all the popcorn to myself, so that's a win. Uh, <laughs> uh, but really, it's just movies, TV shows, you know, soccer. I keep up with that that kind of stuff. I follow you know follow sports uh, as much as I can. Hockey as well. Um, yeah, I don't have much. It's, it's pretty simple. I, as far as sports go, can I get a who day? 
Hey, let's go. I mean, if we're pulling for a team, like if it wasn't gonna be if it wasn't gonna be the Bills, the Bengals, you gotta you gotta root for. It's just two teams that have just like struggled. Also, I would I would be hard to 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 fight you on if it's if it's Bengals Rams. It's like it's hard because Stafford suffered for years in the same way that your franchise did has for years. So I, I feel years, you, buddy. Thirty one. Yeah. Can I get I a day? Who day? Who day? That's for you, Tim Quartz. He's part of your Discord. He helped me line up this interview too. He's he's awesome. He's what a, a human. Player. He's a good guy. He's a great artist. Um, but one other thing I want to talk about uh, off season. It is disc golf related. You're involved with a disc golf podcast yourself, the Disc Golf Answer Man. And I just yeah. across that last week, and I'm so happy because now I've got a lot more. I love it. I'm really enjoying it. Um, how did that start? Um, tell us about your counterparts that's in that with you and yeah. what we can expect going forward with that podcast. Cause you also mentioned, uh, I heard you guys are talking about doing a disc golf podcast network. And I think the understable podcast is interested in maybe being a part of this. Sweet. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, hit, hit, uh, hit up Bobby and all that for Bobby Brown for all that stuff. But Disc Golf Answer Man was something that was started with Eric McCabe and Bobby Brown a long time ago when they were at Dynamic Discs. And, you know, it was Bobby's kind of thing that he kind of pushed forward. Robert McCall, when he was working with DD, became a part of the podcast. And then when he left, he's, he, you know, he, you know, moved on and uh, Bobby kept it going. And then Bobby separates from DD and he was like, man, I really want to keep doing this. So he just had this idea and he's like, people, you know, he, put up, posed a question and, uh, you got to see, you know, people were really wanted to wanted more Robert McCall. And then they, you know, Bobby and I had talked about it and it was just an opportunity that allowed us. Um, and you know, when we were still talking about it, like I was just going to do it with, uh, if I was with DD or whatever, if I wasn't, even though they weren't, um, because we love to just hang out. We're three people that really get along and, you know, Robert McCall being, incredibly knowledgeable about the sport he's got a lot to teach and he's got a great perspective um bobby is just so he sees the media sides of things and and uh and has such a incredible vision for growth via the social medias and i i i don't think i know of anybody better in our sport at the moment uh who has the right ideas the right knowledge and, and things like that so bobby is a, is a true gem but we're really just trying to grow and talk about disc golf, do the same things they used to answer questions, help people, you know, choose discs to understand different shots, to understand rules, to, to talk about the happenings. I mean, we want to, you got to dish, you got to have that hot goss. If you really want to be a podcast, I feel like at times you gotta, you gotta build it up. So, uh, I mean, it's, it's all super positive and, um, yeah, I uh, Disc Golf Answer Man is, is huge, so make sure if you go, you might think you're already subscribed on YouTube, but you're probably not, so go to Disc Golf Answer Man because you might have been subscribed to the DD's version of that. It's a new channel, and we are giving away a Dynamic Disc Combat Ranger when we hit 1,000 subscribers on YouTube, so if you're listening, easy chance, anybody who's subscribed will have a chance to win, and it's just, uh, we're trying to grow stuff, and the... Uh, the podcast network is something that is just like trying to bring so much more because there's so much disc golf conversation, disc golf knowledge being shared, but it's sometimes not 
going everywhere. So like, I feel like this is a, a way for your web and our web and other people's webs to all kind of just branch together and make one amazing opportunity and just grow everybody at the same time. You know, we all like, it's the same thing of what infinite disc is trying to do is, you know, in, in that same regard is grow disc golf. That's what we're trying to do, right? That's what you guys are doing this podcast for. You're here to grow disc golf. You're trying to make people excited about the sport and, and, and you're making me excited just talking about it. So it's, it's yeah. good. So, I mean, I like, so the disc golf answer guy, they, they can answer these questions because they've been playing for such a long time. I just moved into open last year. Uh, nice. Mark's a rec player working his way in intermediate, right? Mark yeah. this year. So we have two different perspectives. What the understable podcast, what I told Mark is like, what I want to do is not just him and I talk about disc golf, you know, mm-hmm. and the date and scene. I want a more national thing. So the Understable Podcast focus is getting pros like yourself on here. So that's yeah. the goal is like getting the next top level pro to come in here and speak with us. So love it. Um, yeah. So hopefully maybe we can connect with him. I will do that. Please do. Um, I, I had a, a question. I listened to one of the most recent episodes and I think you have a very good, you have a field work theory. Mm-hmm. If you can, like, because we, we want to get to some fan questions that we have for you as well, just kind of explain to us just the basic concept of your field work theory. Um, when I go out, I would go out and just almost unload the entire bag. And this year before hearing that theory, my plan was to go out with just the putters one day, just mm-hmm. with uh, the 12 speeds, just with the, 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 the rocks or whatever. Can you kind of break us down to how your field work works for our listeners? Because I think it's very helpful. Yeah, uh, I try and focus on a certain shot shape uh, in in that regard, whether that's a, you know, getting that clean hyzer release and then throwing every single one of my discs on that hyzer release to, to kind of understand exactly what that disc is going to do. Because there are times where I would take, uh, you know, my thought space mantra, super flippy, understable disc, I use it for rollers. But if I can learn to control it, you know, maybe fan grip it on a hyzer and see what it does, I know there is going to be a time where I need that shot on tour. So that's part of uh, a big part of my field work. And um, another, another thing to focus on is, you know, is hitting lines in the field. You know, sometimes if you're in an open field, you know, you might've pulled the disc off your line, but it's a bomb and you're like, ah, oh, that was sick but you actually kind of missed your lines. You, it's good that you get to see that because you would understand why you threw it far, but then also you might be needing to work on stuff. So sometimes I'll focus on putting something out in front of me to where I'm trying to throw over the bag and then make it land somewhere. So I at least am guiding it somewhere first and then also focusing on the landing zone. So landing zones, I think are just as important because it's picking your, it's, it helps a lot when you're, um, on big open courses. So that's, that's a, a lot of what my field work is about. If I'm having issues with a certain speed of disc, I will bring more of that disc. I will bring more of like, Oh God, I just am like, can't figure out. I keep, I keep like hitting my chest when I throw my mid ranges cause they're wider rimmed or something like that. It's like, cool. You're going to focus on your mid ranges and we're really going to dial in how to make those fly clean again and usually what that does is that just it just like it's a tune-up the rest of my form ends up being really really good after that to you know translates upwards and the same thing can be done downwards too from the high speed so that's a big part of what i'm doing with field work if uh if i get the opportunity um on average how much when you're out doing field work how long does that session last uh because of the amount of throws you get it's probably an hour to to about an hour and a half tops because 
you, in, in that hour and a half, you are going to throw more, more than you ever would in the three hours to play around. Simple as that. You're going to throw it too much. And if you go for three hours, you're, you will need recovery. I, I think I went out with Kyle Klein yesterday and we ripped for about, uh, about an hour and I was, I was exhausted. And that's enough. And I probably should have gone less, but I was just like, I just need to hit one more clean one. I need to hit one more clean one. And then I just miss. And then I miss like one more clean one. And then I like, just, I need, I need that bomb. I need that one to just, uh, I just need a chef's kiss to, to, to top it off. So it's, um, it can be good, but understanding, I think that's another part about field work is understanding whenever you need to just say, okay, I'm done. Because if I throw too much more, I might create bad habits. So it's, it's all about recognition. And some days, man, it's just not your day. And you can just pack it up, go make a couple 20 footers and say, I, I ended on something positive and, and start again the next day. Nice. Let's, uh, let's move forward looking ahead. And I'm going to turn it over to Mark for that. But we do this segment called pro tips with Patrick and it's, okay. it's, Wait, it's from me personally as an amateur player looking for developing my game. Okay. So this week's pro tip is as an amateur player, I often hear the phrase play for par. Mm-hmm. And that's easier said than done in my opinion. So when it comes to preparing for a tournament, what tips can both of you give? We'll start with Patrick. What, what tips can you both give in developing your game plan and being able to stick to that? Yeah, so my tip for that, um, when you're going to a tournament, you want to try and make sure you get some practice in there. We all hear about playing a tournament blind. I think that's the first mistake. I don't think everybody has the luxury sometimes to get out to go practice the course. I'm going to try to avoid that as much as possible. Now that I'm playing with the big boys, I during my tour this year, I'm, I'm not going to the A tiers this year. Last year I tried that and failed, so I'm taking a whole different approach So my pro tip is making sure that you get to the course uh, and play that course two or three times ahead of time. And that doesn't mean grabbing your three or four or five buddies that you normally do. I've been, what I need to do this year is, you know, almost get away from the social side of disc golf and get towards the practice side. Um, I know I've been successful in the past when I go on a plan my own and I take little notes in my phone, like this worked well here. But guess what? When you go to that tournament, you could have 15 mile per hour wins. So it changes everything. So you also have to be flexible and be ready to change things on a dime. And you just should have prepared yourself before that tournament. So playing for par on a specific hole, if you went out there ahead of time, you know that this is a hole that you struggle with. So look for a landing zone that you know that you can get your second shot up under that basket or into a a nice putting zone that you're comfortable with. Eric, what do you got for us? Just to play on what you just said is like, finding places to where you can throw your best shot. So if your best shot is like a zone sidearm approach, then play for a landing zone that gives you a zone sidearm approach for par. Another thing that I think will help you shoot better is like not necessarily playing for for par is being okay with eating a bogey. Just saying, you know what? I'm probably going to bogey here. So I need to make that bogey easy. Because if I push for trying to save par, I could end up with a double. So you can add strokes faster and understanding that, all right, let's eliminate the damage. And that, that's what playing for par kind of means. But there are op- often times that you got to just eat a bogey and just move on. Because the moment you're off that hole, the, the bad shot has already happened. 
just get off the hole because there's not really anything you're going to do to salvage it uh, unless unless it's pretty obvious that you can salvage it. So picking those moments, I think, are super, super important. And, you know, Mark hit, uh, Patrick hit it perfectly with, you know, find a landing zone that you think you can hit. If it's, again, and playing to your strengths. I think those all those things kind of just pull together in how, how you should look to play and uh, always be looking for your best shot, not what anybody else is throwing. Awesome, yeah, because my first tournament this year is actually up in Kyle's neck of the woods where he's from in Michigan. And it's a course I've played several times, but I'm trying to analyze the course mentally different than how I've played it in the past. And just looking at different shots, different landing zones, how to play to that best shot that I have. Can I ask you something? Yeah. How far do you throw? Realistically, how far do you throw? What is a comfortable distance, a hole type that you feel like, all right, I should be able to get a birdie? Uh, Honestly, it depends. Um, If I'm throwing a forehand, I can throw, I can hit about 320 as a max. And okay. a backhand, I'm throwing a, a fairway probably about 280 to 290 consistently. It's about mm-hmm. it. So in that regard, what we're, what we're able to see is that any hole that's, you know, 350 plus is like, okay, cool. That's just like, let's push those down, try and get your pars. Because I think even, even us pros do it at times where um, you step up to a hole, the hole's 550. And then you overthrow it and you leave yourself with a lot more work to do because you're just like, mm, yeah, but I got to throw it hard. And it's like, do you have to throw it hard? No, it's 550, 225, 225, drop in. Those are two easy shots that every pro should have. And so that that is something that is, I think, stems from course par 54 courses where par threes everywhere, one shot, one putt, and you're on to the next one, one shot, one putt. You just kind of keep into that same rhythm that happens on these uh, course par 54 uh, courses, um, par three golf, is you think you should be putting for birdie on every single hole. And I think, again, that's where you could, again, understand, understanding your distances, find the shot that you feel the best in. And when you get up to a hole that's 400 feet, don't throw it hard. Throw it smooth, hit your line, hit your gap. You will feel a lot better because you won't put yourself in any trouble either. Awesome. I will definitely take that advice going forward. Awesome, yeah. dude. Let's I'm, go. I have a goal this year. I want to throw at least one 900 rated round, and I'm currently at 821 as my rating. So try and make some stuff happen. It's going to happen, Mark. It's going to happen. Heck yeah, man. I, and please let me know when you do. And, I, and I, again, just go be confident with every shot. That, that's all you can do. If, you're, if it's a pitch out 15 feet, pitch it out like an absolute champion. Like, just do it. Yeah. Be as focused on that shot as you would be on the 300-foot, you know, shot that you have to throw. Should we get into the fan questions, Mark? Yeah, I actually want to kick it off with one in particular that I came up with, if that's all right. Go ahead, bud. All right. All right. So, Eric, you have a very interesting run-up, and it's yep. taken from the Brinster Hop. Yeah. Um, what led you to develop that form? So... I think it was Matt Bell who asked me, he's like, did he's like, what sports did you play? It's like played soccer. He's like, Oh, chosen your form. You know, like a, a soccer player going to strike a soccer ball. They kind of have like a, they like kind of lunge and leaped into it. And that kind of is something, you know, they don't jump straight up like I do, but they, you know what I mean? Like I striking a soccer ball is going to be very similar. And I watched old, um, USDTC videos from like 2004, 2005 era, maybe even earlier than that. And I saw Steve Brinster on there and I just saw his form 
and I emulated it and I just kind of did it. And then I was throwing the disc farther and I was getting more power and I was, it, it was aligning up nicely for me. And I never stopped because I didn't have the same tools that we have today of constant, you know, video coverage of other people playing. I just happened to see a couple videos early on and, you know, that was it. And for the longest time, I actually didn't know it was weird. That was the part of it is I was like, yeah, dude, I'm throwing accurate shots. Nobody said anything and it just became what it was. And, uh, I think whenever I started being on some videos and different things and started, you know, getting out there, then it became like, this dude's weird. And, and yeah, and at that point you just kind of, own. and, uh, you know, people can think my form isn't that good or, or anything, but I, I hit on the more important things of, you know, a straight arm reach back and pulling through across my chest and engaging my core and moving. I get to the point it's, weird but until i get to that point so um would i i would suggest anybody trying it just because i don't i think it it uh it took a long time like i started this when i was 15 like 14 or 15 years old started doing the brinster hop that's a long time i'm 33 now so that's a that's that's a lot of that's a lot of throws and a lot of development with that throw and being terrible for many years. So, um, yeah, uh, now, now I actually just, uh, when it comes to swinging, I, I work with a guy named Landon Knight out of the Dallas Fort Worth area of Texas. He's a really good mind. He's actually, I call him my swing coach. One of the most knowledgeable people about disc golf form. If you, he's fantastic. I suggest everybody if reach out to him, blow him up. He's pay him. He's amazing. He's a, he will fix everything. And he's been working with me. He added 30 feet to, to my game immediately just by saying, Hey, do this 30 feet. And we've made micro adjustments to my form to just to do these little things to improve and improve my game. He's a, a, a true big brain guy, if you will, when it comes to disc golf form. And I don't think there's many like it. And I do think that that is something that we will have in the future. And I think he'll, he should be one of the top people. Uh, and I will continue to advocate for that because he's made me better. So let's go. Yeah. Scott from Columbus would like to know if anybody's tried to correct you or call you out that you're doing it wrong. Always. So many people go to any YouTube video. <laughs> you see that I'm in and be like, oh, <laughs> so it's just, oh. Most of those guys, do? though, you would destroy them on a course, though. Exactly. I'll, it doesn't... I'll, I'll go ahead and tell people. You don't have to say that, but I'll say it for you. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, like Patrick. When people, when, I mean, I, I don't take my full 30 seconds for putting, but I get mm -hmm. into my little rhythm, and people are like, damn, and I'm like, well, I, I probably beat you by four, five, six, ten strokes. So it went in. I actually apologize to people if I miss putts now. You know, I'm like, I'm sorry <laughs> you guys waiting so long for me to putt. But <laughs> – Speaking of putting, my buddy Keith Neal wants to know what is your. Is, I'm, let me see if y'all quick you can get this. What is your most memorable putt you've ever made in your career? Uh, Pro Tour Championships for sure. Um, uh, the putt, I think it was round. It was the second round of the finals, and I made a huge jump putt. Um, I was on the first card out. You know, there like the other three cards or whatever there were had so much golf left to play. 
so I knew that every birdie, every stroke that I could, I could put myself in an opportunity to make the, uh, to make the semis was, was huge. And it was a long one. I just spun it out there and it went in and, uh, I went, I was hyped. I was so hyped. I was, I, yeah, like it was also in COVID era, so there was no fans. So that was also interesting. So it's only me just, yeah, <laughs> let's go. And I just was so pumped. Uh, but I, I, I remember that one because it's like I can still go back and watch that. And I remember that feeling. And there's a beautiful, beautiful part about the video of it of you see me get back to my lie after I've run the putt down and gotten back. And I just sit there and I go, <laughs> like like that just happened that was cool like one of those really really unique moments and I, I guess I would also say uh you know when I dropped in the putt for my first win at uh Fort Selly um my first the first pro first win ever uh, I never played amateur so I was I went straight into pro and you know I got my first win as an, an eight-year win in in Seattle um at Fort Selly Coombe so super cool and I remember that because it's also on video and I was, you know, super nervous, but then I remember everybody who followed us, everybody I played on the card with, everybody who was hanging out, just like came up, high fives, hugs. It was just like such a cool moment of like, hey, you did it. That's dope. So super, super cool stuff. Heck yeah, man. All right. This next one's from our buddy, Tim Quartz. I had to give him one. He wants yeah. to know what is the most surprising, unique disc that ended up making it into your bag in this off season? Uh, Berg is, uh, I'll put as an honorable mention. I feel like everybody knows, like I've been talking about that. Um, the good question, Tim. It is. Um, I think, you know, just like the reactor from, uh, from MVP come to mind because I've never really thrown that kind of stable mid. Cause it's like, it flies like a verdict, but I think it flies a little bit. I, it feels better than a verdict in my opinion. Um, the, it also put the onyx in that regard because I haven't thrown an onyx like disc for a very long time. I would say it's, it reminds me of the PDs that I liked. I liked to throw when I was with this mania, but I can get them at, I can get them in just a, you know, ESP, you know, pretty easy. Just grab one off the shelf and I know it'll be decent kind of thing so that one was also pretty surprising uh another one would be the Paige pierce fierce she we actually did a video that's a, a series that i'm doing that's going to be super i'm excited for everybody to see it where it's the 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 series is going to be called is that good and it's going to be me working with um with the pros and doing a review with them and and them telling me how i should throw their disc so it becomes a really, really fun video concept. And because uh, I've never really thrown an understable putter as an option, I've always beat something up. But the Fierce is pretty absurd in what it can do. So that that was a, that, that one, I think, also caught me out of left field. And, you know, I was happy that Paige was so willing and, you know, to be like, dude, just, just stop being stupid, throw this disc. And, you know, she makes it look incredible. But I was, you know, I was able to figure out my own good things with it, too. Well, Tim, uh, that wasn't just one, so get out the pocketbook, buddy. I know I'm just bagging every single one your boy just mentioned. Thank you. I got one other question, and I'm going to give the rest for Mark to ask you, but we've got a young man in town. Um, I think I want to say he's like a sophomore, junior in high school. His name's Dylan Trenum. He wants to know, 
Uh, for somebody that wants to get into the scene as a career, what advice would you give somebody that as a younger guy thinking about making disc golf their career, like financial or just general advice? Uh, uh, start, start being a kind of a jack of all trades. Um, be somebody who has a good social media presence. Be can be personable. You know, uh, can teach the game. Uh, is willing to learn the game. Uh, grows the sport. You know, just by you know at each post they make grows the sport every time they're at the course. Just does really good things in that um, that kind of uh, uh, stuff. And uh, another part is, I mean your play will come. Sometimes there are going to be parts of your game that take a little longer to develop and can hold you back and you'll stay at a plateau for a while, but you'll always, you can always move past that plateau. If you just grind and work at it, don't get discouraged. It's going to take a lot of work. Every person who's, who's, you know, who you're looking at and putting high up, they've been grinding at they've been grinding at this there are some that have had some natural ability but i would i i can almost guarantee you that every single one of them busted their ass to be where they are and um so the the work starts now at that age of being a sophomore in high school it's like you have you have a a lot of time to keep developing there is no timeline you know i started touring when i was like 26 or 27 years old so I was able to make it work and be a be a top professional. You have more time, so allow it to work and keep after it. Financially, you just gotta you gotta hustle. You gotta get discs. You gotta talk to to shops and and find ways to get product that you can then turn into to more money. Because again, if if a if a shop says, "Hey, we'll give you a hundred discs," you know, at ten dollars, and you're like, "Okay, cool, I get a hundred discs. I pay a thousand dollars." You could turn that into $2,500 by selling each of them for 25 bucks. Boom, done. That's a significant profit. You know, you've turned, uh, you know, a, a very big uh, a thing to say this is a part of my tour fundraisers. You know, save money, do all those things. I mean, I don't suggest sleep bar like, like Ezra Adderholt did and other players have done. You know, find a good crew that'll let you bum on the couch and stuff like that. The other part is, is the disc golf community is absolutely amazing in that regard because they will take care of you. If you reach out, somebody will have some place for you to stay. And sometimes you're going to stay in some terrible places, but also that's you will also find some places where you'll meet some of the most genuine and amazing human beings out there. So that's a, it's a cool part of disc golf. I mean, we have such a, uh, you know, wide variety of humans that are involved. Uh, so those kinds of things. And again, back to the play, just go play. Never lose the love for the game. I almost did. And... I am so happy that I, I still have the love for the game now. So I, that, that's, that's the biggest part of it. Awesome. Yeah. Take notes, Dylan. Uh, he's a stand-up kid uh, already picked up by hazy shade. I'm sure you've heard of them. Love hazy shade. Great okay. people. Yeah. Big shout he, out to them. He's doing really well, this social media and just every time, you know, I see him, he's just very polite and just a great kid, man. So we, we're going to actually probably have him on the show during while the season's in, because you know he's a local, we can, I can probably call him. Be like, you ready? I know you. We'll, we'll get you on the show, Dylan. All right, Mark. Yes. What other fan questions we got, buddy? All right, I got two more questions. One of them is from a, a friend of mine down in Texas, Eric. Uh, he would like to know nice. what are some discs that are not in your bag that could potentially make it. Not in the bag. Uh, the passion was one that I was, you know, 
it's it's a unique feel. I think I could maybe use it for some forehands and different shots. And it's another disc that obviously Paige Pierce has been uh, definitely trying to put into my bag that I was uh, intrigued about. Um, I have a Prodigy M3 that I got from Chris Dickerson. And it might be it might be one of the best discs I've ever thrown in my life, but it is a special run. And like Dickerson even told me, he's like, I'm, I told him, I was like, I'm too scared to throw it. It's so good that I don't want to get attached to it because of how good it is. Cause it's, it, it's irreplaceable. It's one of those discs that he sees forever and hasn't died yet. So it's like, it feels like uh time might be running out, but at the same time, just like every time I go out and throw it, I'm like, uh, I don't want this to die. And again, he, and the one was like, good luck finding a replacement. And he, and he like gave me a laughy face and I was just like, well, that's pretty accurate. So I might, that's one of those that might, you know, come in and out of the bag because it, um, it flies very similar to my pathfinders, but it's just slower. So like there, there might be a, a shot where my pathfinder, no matter how I throw it, it goes too long. I could just say, okay, cool, grab this M3 and just hit it. You know, and I, but I will say that is one thing that's great about the Pathfinder is that I've learned that it is great on all power levels. So uh, that's the other part of it is like I might not need it, but it's definitely it's, I see it in the in my practice bag, looking at me right now, just being like, "Sup? I'm amazing. You should throw me." <laughs> I'm just like I can't. I'm too scared. <laughs> all right, so I have to get the monkey off the bag because Eric Oakley okay. turned me on to the felon. And oh, okay. this year I got picked up by Prodigy's Battalion team. Mm-hmm. And the Felon, yes. thank you. The Felon for me has been the hardest disc to replace. So with yeah. that, myself and a bunch of other people, Eric Oakley, Oakley fans, would like to know what disc is going to replace the Felon. So at the moment, you'll see Scepters being that option uh, from Infinite. Um, I actually did a, is that good, uh, with, uh, Paul Ulibarri and we threw the captain Raptor, captain's Raptor, cap rap. That thing is absurd. That thing is an, an outrageously good like disc. It is just super, super good. Um, those are be the top options. I still have a couple felons that I've kept just in case, just, a just as a, as a, I guess, a insurance plan, uh, if I really find uh, some places where I'm just not going to be able to, to perform. Uh, this disc, the unreleased, the, uh, the disc that I have, I, I feel like I can talk about it, but I'm not going to because I just want to keep building up the, the anticipation and the hype. Um, new Mold from, from Infinite is going to be filling the... You know, and I may, maybe if people have seen me throw like crazy flip up shots with felons, and just like kind of getting some really really amazing play on a on a on a disc like that. This disc will do that almost more like kind of a straight one out of the box. So this is where, so it's it's not just one mold. I'm going to be doing it across maybe two to three molds between the scepter, this disc. I will set it uh, this disc and the uh, um, uh, the cap wrap. So uh, I feel. I feel like I'm going to be good. It's just going to be uh, uh, just different. It's just like having more molds instead of less. Right. I've got two discs that I have replaced my felon. It's an original run H2 and then the, mm-hmm. the FX3. Of both kind of depending on the stability I ask, that I need. I was going to ask because I saw a video, I think, of Kevin throwing an FX3 
Uh, maybe Luke Humphrey shared it, and I was like, dang, that looks pretty good. Because I know the FX2 is, it just feels so weird. I just, whatever the texture is on the bottom, they just, I, I think they're, I, from rumor is that's going away. But I have watched, you know, when Dickerson was with Prodigy and Thomas Gilbert throw an FX2, kind of very similar to how I throw some felons. But hearing that the FX3 is uh, way more in line, I think that's a home run for, for that whole lineup, for sure. Yeah, I haven't personally had a chance to check them out yet. I don't even think they're released, but I'll definitely be checking an FX3 out when they, when they drop. So. Sweet. Nice, All right, dude. it is time, Patrick, for the red carpet rollout. Eric, if you could please share with us and our listeners where people can find you on social media, where they can follow you, and check out all things that Oakley's doing. Now it's your chance. Awesome. I appreciate that. Uh, hit me up, uh, you know, the Eric Oakley across uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter, and Instagram, Whale Pants on YouTube. Um, there's a section of the infinite disc store. So go to infinitedisc.com that you can, uh, you can find some of any of my, uh, discs that are released. I, I think there's still some color glow metal flake, uh, Exodus on there, which is my, the run that I personally am throwing, um, as my main run of disc, uh, of the Exodus, uh, Head over to our Patreon. I think it's Whale Pants on Patreon. Go to whalesex.com, support Tina and all she's doing. Uh, there's plenty of other amazing pros on there to, su- to support and uh, plenty of opportunities. Killer Whale Oakley, if you want to h- hook it up, uh, use that coupon code. That'll give you a dollar off your order and a little bit of kickback to me if you do that on whalesex.com. Upper Park, Oakley 10, uh, use that code. Um, yeah. And I mean, if you're, if you're ordering stuff from infinite and you want to hype me up, just throw something in the comments. Every little thing gets, you know, it gets tossed up the chain and it makes some cool things happen. So I'm, I, again, I, I feel very fortunate and, uh, I'll be on the lookout. If you, if you see me at, um, if you see me at a course or at a tournament, don't hesitate to say hi. I'd love to, you know, at least meet as many people as I can out there on the road. And I mean, I, I'll, I'll sign any disc if, if that's what you want. If you don't want that, if you just want to say, hey, what's up? I think you're cool. And if not, you'd be like, hey, your form's weird. We can do that too. Like I'm I'm all for everything because I, I feel like I've heard it all. So to me, I just want to talk disc golf. I just want to hang out and I am a human being like anybody else. So let's keep hyping cool things up and let's keep making disc golf better. I think uh, just where it lands. It's uh, so yeah. Support us, and uh, and we have so many fran- fans that already do. And I appreciate you, Mark, and you, Patrick. If you guys are new listeners, follow these guys. Uh, this is this has been one of my favorite uh, podcasts I've done so far. Awesome, man! Thank you so much. I just want one more thing from you, Eric. Can I get one more who day? Who day? <laughs>